Hi there, my name is Pete and this is Social Distancer. How you doing? Have you had a good day? Yes, say yes if you have. Say no if you haven't. Say yes or no after three. One, two, three. Beautiful. So that's 49% of you have had a good day. Um, 13% of you though didn't say anything, which is very disappointing. This really isn't going to work with that kind of attitude. Now, um, anyway, Kirstama, first PMQs today, putting that, who's that, what's his name? That fucking lad. He looks like a lad. Such a lightweight lad. I've forgotten his name. It's like a streak of piss. That dude, what the hell is his name? Rob, that's it, Rob, with two A's. Yeah, R-A-A-B. Um, Dominic Rob, Dom, to his friends. And um, yeah, Keir Starmer asks a question about testing, says, how are you going to get to 100,000 in like a couple of days? You can't even get to 20,000. You know, Christ almighty boy, what are you doing? And Rob says, oh, well, I just need to correct you. We've actually got the capacity for 36,000. And Keir leaps up to his feet like a human male and said, I do not need correcting from the likes of you. You little fuck. <laughs> it's quite surprising language. I mean, really, you know, sensational language use for his first PMQs. You know, Jeremy Thornbury, what's his name? Jeremy um, Corbyn. He waited three weeks before delivering the F-bomb. Took him a whole seven months before he called um, Derek Jacobi an ass. Anyway, yeah, it was quite good, old uh, Keir, but very weird setup. And of course, like you know, but what what is good about it is that you know, he said, how many people have died uh, in um, like staff have died in nursing homes? The guy didn't know. And uh, and then later, um, Hancock, who spoke. Uh, to the MPs as well. He did have a figure, you know. So, yeah, there we go. Well done. Keir Starmer. Now, I got a phone call today from the NHS um, phoning me up because I had registered in, under their scheme um, as a extremely vulnerable person. I did that weeks ago and I got the phone call today. But nevertheless, I wasn't expecting the phone call. It was quite nice to get it. And they said, you know, do you need any assistance? Are you getting everything? And I said, well, actually, I mean, we've had this kind of medical, uh, the, the medicine snafu yesterday that I was talking about in yesterday's podcast. We actually got the bloody medicine in the house now, which is a massive relief. Um, I thought, it's anyway, apart from that, it's actually really good. Like the council here where I live, they got their shit together, you know, which is really good to know. And, you know, we're getting the food from the uh, priority uh, booking slots, which is nice, and that's working out, you know, 
the problem you could always moan about not getting enough rice or whatever but in the big scheme of things that would be insane to do that so I will not do that uh, so you're pretty good and I asked the guy like how's it going and he said I'm 21 years old I live in Leeds I am a student but I also work as a supervisor in a restaurant so obviously I'm not doing that anymore so now I'm working here for the NHS, phoning up people like this good self young lady. And I said, oh yeah, tell me more. And he said, well, I'm wearing my funny tie because the people in the office love that. And I said, why aren't you working at home? And he said, yes, but I like to call it my office. Uh, anyway, he was talking about how, you know, some people, as you could probably imagine, some people are kind of basically like us kind of you know more or less sorted like a few little things to kind of you know organize or whatever but basically fine and then there are other people that are really you know basically in kind of crisis mode you know unfortunately um yeah but really good and i was saying like thank you thank you thank you for doing this like it's a really good thing to do you know and um, whenever we see the medicine people or the people that deliver the food to us, we're out there clapping these guys and, you know, making a big deal out of it. Because, of course, they're a far greater risk of getting it than I am, you know what I mean? Because I'm not leaving the bloody house. Unless I go to the middle of nowhere in good old Dartmoor. I'm thinking of going to Dartmoor tomorrow slightly dependent on me working now and for the next few hours and also tomorrow morning um, but I think my work is very understandable but I do it's impossible to work during the day really for both of us to work during the day and um, my partner has some work to do today so but you know that's okay but it would be really nice to spend a couple of hours on Dartmoor again we really loved it so um yeah, big story out tonight is the Financial Times, well it came out earlier today, Financial Times report looking at what they are projecting the uh, actual figures of people in the UK that have died of COVID-19. Um, based on the ONS figures that came out yesterday and obviously based on the hospital deaths statistics they have worked out that 41,000 people have died um, so in, in you know, it's 18,000 plus uh, the folks that have died in the hospital so they're saying the actual figure when you include care homes and include um, you know people that die at home it's 41,000 so it's really worth reading that. It's it's free on the FT website, the Financial Times website, and it's really worth reading. They go into their, you know, they've just made it up. You know, they go into their logic while they've come up with this figure, and it's like, of course, we all know that it's much much closer to that than um, than seventeen thousand. Do you know what I mean? Much much closer. So, yeah, pretty sobering, you know. Obviously, it's an absolute unmitigated tra tragedy and tragedy. 
Witty was a bit vocal today on the um, briefing. He gave quite a lot of information um, in line with Costello. I was talking about Costello a couple of episodes ago, Anthony Costello, the virologist. And today Witty was saying that, yeah, we are going to be basically in this lockdown or something like it for quite a while. And you have to have, you know, um, contact tracing in place in order to, you know, kind of get ready for any kind of easing up in any serious way of the lockdown uh, or, you know, a kind of new normal, as people are calling it, whereby, you know, life does go on, but there is an element of social distancing. This mask thing, it's so perplexing that they're not telling people to wear masks. But I still imagine that people are going to be, you know, advised to wear masks somewhere down the line. It's like, you know, please do. I think most of you are, but please do wear masks if you're not doing it, if you're going out to the shop still. Um, Anyway, yeah, so, and then that idea that Costello was talking about, whereby if there is a local flare-up, then, you know, areas will be locked down as necessary. Um, and, you know, a vaccine will uh, kind of come in to assist uh, any kind of second wave because a vaccine, even, you know, with Sarah Gilbert working out of Oxford and her kind of, you know, very optimistic projection of getting something ready by September, it still has to be manufactured, it still has to be distributed which is the, you know, bit where you want to hang yourself because old Bojo Chodson gets involved there, you know what I mean? So that'll be a fuck up, you know? Um, I mean, you could actually say that the opposite of what you want to happen is the thing that happens with this government, you know what I mean? Uh, Anyway, so Witty was a bit more vocal about kind of like laying out how it's going to be in the next couple of months and maybe longer than that, you know, next year or so which was quite interesting and a slightly kind of downbeat and pessimistic um, feel to it today. Marab was up there and um, yeah. Anyhow, uh, I mean, one example of the of the ridiculousness of the response is the testing. You know, they keep going on about the capacity is like nearly 40,000, but the actual tests is nearly 20,000. So the reason why there's a kind of 20,000 gap is that the people that they want to be tested and that they're prioritising to be tested, NHS workers and uh, care home workers, they're being told, drive to bloody, you know, if you're living in uh, Leicester, drive to Nottingham, as an example, you know. If you're living in the south of London, drive to, like, get to Wembley. Like on public transport? I mean, what the fuck? It's like really unclear. It's really bad advice. If you are a health worker and you've got a symptom of this thing, you're supposed to be inside, self-isolating, not seeing anyone. But at the same time, they're telling you to like drive and uh, commute miles and miles and miles to go to a test centre. It's ridiculous. So, of course, they've got this massive capacity because nobody's turning up to these massive centres that they've opened up, you know? And they're thinking, oh, yeah, we're doing such a good job. 
It's extraordinary. Barry Sherman, if you can get footage of Barry Sherman, an MP, he ripped into Matt Hancock, like, absolutely correctly, saying, like, every time you open your mouth, it's as if you're, you know, the uh, author of a great triumph. It's as if you think you're succeeding in something. It's as if you think you're kind of, you know, gaining little victories every fucking day. But people are dying left and right because of your incompetence. He didn't say it quite as um, charismatically as I just put it. (laughs) I think the speaker would call that out of order, wouldn't they? If he accused the health secretary of killing people. But anyway, it's worth seeing old Barry. So listen, I've got to say thank you so much to a friend of mine who is a friend of the podcast. I think you can say that. I don't know why I've decided not to say what her, who she is, what her name is. But anyway, she listened to yesterday's podcast where my brother said, if you've got any resources or any tips or any whatever, she will listen. I will say it was to Kerry who contributed some audio a couple of weeks ago really lovely she listened to yesterday's um call out from my brother saying if you've got any resources or ideas or whatever to um for me to kind of do some stuff with my kids three children who all have additional needs and Kerry contacted me this morning and said oh well I'll send them a lantern that she makes these beautiful like huge Uh, paper lanterns in the shapes of stars and she was showing me these photos of this huge turtle that she made for a kind of outdoor festival a couple of months ago and so it's this kind of new prototype um, product that she's you know designed and building and making and she's going to send my brother one uh, just free which is amazing you know such a lovely thing to do and you know kind of ask the kids to you know, play around with the lantern and see what what they think of it, which I suppose is nice, kind of market research uh, for her, but really lovely. So thank you very much, Kerry. And um, if you have any other, like, ideas, if you haven't heard yesterday's podcast, you know what the hell I'm talking about, then I'm not going to repeat what Phil said, because I can't quite do the accent. Um... But yeah, if you do have anything, then please get in contact with me and I'll send it over to Phil or I'll get you in contact with Phil. All right. So listen, you take care of yourselves. Stay away from other human beings. And see you later.